0: Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today, I'm with Jennifer Soret of Fortune Management. Jennifer, I am such a big fan of the work you do, and I like that it balances the culture of the office, the personal leadership of the dentist, and, and you know the team and the systems. And I've partnered with Fortune and you on a couple of practices. And for me, it's you know around the scheduling, but also around the profitability of it and, you know, just overall practice growth. And, and I love your approach, but before we get into fortune management, and what you do, I'd love to hear about how you got started in dentistry. industry. Give me your origin story.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I like to say I got into dental accidentally. I was a recruiter um, and I used to recruit anesthesiologists and CRNAs. And I lived in Austin. I was from, da- I'm from Dallas, moved to Austin. Hmm. When we came back to Dallas, I transferred with my company and we didn't have a medical division. So instead of um, recruiting anesthesiologists, I would be on the IT team because that's all it was in our Dallas office. And I didn't like anything about it. It was lifeless. When I talked to candidates for jobs, they were reading off their resumes and it wasn't a good culture. It was a very Mm -hmm. poor culture and it wasn't a fit for me. And what I was doing shifted completely going from one location to the other and I went to visit my friend and she was in the dental office all day. She had 10 veneers and I went to bring her dinner. And she said, you know what, I been." she knew that this place that it was very toxic. And she said, hey, I've been at my dentist's office all day and he's looking for a practice manager. His Practice manager's pregnant. And I said, I'll go help him, but I'm a recruiter. I'm not in dentistry. And I went over and um, met, and it was a, just, I, I didn't know dentistry at the time. I didn't know the business of dentistry. And what I did know is this was one of the top dentists in Dallas doing full mouth reconstructions, a practice full of technology. Mm. And in the beginning, I kept saying, you guys have got to find someone. She's having a baby, and I'm not staying, and this is not what I do. And it didn't take long till I said, okay, hang on just a second. I'm really liking this. And that was almost thirty years ago, and I think I'm like a lot of people have been dental for a long time. Hmm. I love what I do, and I love the business of it and the people. And it's it's now dentistry is what I do.
0: No, how did you get connected with Fortune and in the coaching well, side?
1: Dentistry was a great fit for me for hours, and as a recruiter, I worked late hours, and in dentistry, hmm. I was leaving at four o'clock and not working on Fridays, and it was great as a mother and for a child in school, my son went to college. And I thought, okay, I'm going to either going to take everything that I learned in dentistry, and I'm going to use it for something else. I think I'm not growing, and I'm ready to take it to the next level. Or at the time, I had a passion for ministry, and I was either going to go into ministry. And I got both. It's like the doctor setting goals. Once you look for something, you find it. And Mm -hmm. I had a friend that was a friend of my sister's in California. And she said, Hey, you should, um, so we used to keep in touch. She did marketing and her husband's a dentist. And she said, you should go talk to fortune management. And I had never heard of fortune management. And so she connected me to fortune and one thing led to another and I got connected and that was in 2014. And it's just been uh, fantastic. It's just been a, a, a great, or, uh, Nine years?
0: Yeah, that Um, was the year our company was founded as well, 2014. Yeah, yeah. Now, what have you seen as the big milestones in dentistry since then?
1: Well, so I started in a private practice, which was more of the norm. Back Mm -hmm. then, it's completely different, Uh, private practitioner. I think now the norm and trends that we see that in a trend that's sticking is the DSO. Mm -hmm. And at Fortune Management, at the heart of Fortune, who we are is we want to preserve the private practitioner. So trends are going to come, whether your practice management software is going digital, um, no matter what it is, that's one big trend that's staying. And that's one, like I said, big piece of our heart to preserve the private practitioner. They don't know how to be owners, they know how to be clinicians. And so us coming in, guiding them and, and holding their hands through this path is, um, like I said, the heart of what we did.
0: Some years ago, there was a study or something done around the unhappiness of dentistry and the suicide rate in dentistry that mm-hmm. I think that number's been antiquated. I don't believe it still holds true, but my answer is always that, that I, I think they're as unhappy as anyone else, no, no, no more or less, but I think it's around so many of my clients got into it and they love the dentistry and they, they enjoy talking to patients. But the business side of it is definitively unrewarding sometimes unless you can learn how to enjoy it. And it, it is very hard if it's not in your natural. And I don't think they do a good job in dental school. But
1: Well, it is very hard. And, and one of the first things we do when we meet our doctors, because that comes down to fulfillment. If you're talking mm-hmm. about something that you're so unfulfilled in, and that becomes your life that's really devastating. So one of the first things we do with our doctors is we do a complimentary initial meeting with them, but we do want to help them move to fulfillment. And how we do that is some discovery questions. Where have you been? How did you get here? Where are you now and where do you want to go? Do you have a plan and how can we help you? And then we help them really dig in and figure out what their vision is as the owner and what's their why. And if they can come to what their why is, that's where fulfillment comes. And it's it's a different business now, Ben. So I don't hear that quote as much, but that's a big piece of what we do when we first meet. And then we yeah. bring them back to the why because it is hard to be a business owner, whether it's you with marketing or our dentist, it's anchoring back into that.
0: Yeah, it really is. If you don't have a good why it, everything can be miserable, but if you if you're doing it for the right reasons, it's it can be all enjoyable. Now what is the most common problem that you see when you begin talking to them that you're trying to solve? Is it, I'm not growing? Is it my staff, you know, is out of control? Is it, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm a slave to my practice. What, what are the common problems that you usually see?
1: What we don't know, we don't know. And mm-hmm. so they know how to be clinicians again, but how do you get to the next level? Because it's not easy. They've got to be the CEO, they're the entrepreneur, they're the dentist. They've got to keep the team together. They've got to keep the culture strong and it's hard. There's a lot of things. So what's common is they just don't know what they don't know. They don't know mm-hmm. how to get to the next level. It could be that they have grown and grown and grown and they're incredibly successful, but what's next and how do we get to that? It could be that they're great leaders, um, but they, they still don't know how to anyone can set goals, but how do we reach those goals? We believe to grow the practice, you've got to grow the team. So we work with the, the doctor and the entire team. And so it's it's the not knowing. And it's something that we talk about in the beginning. When we begin with a new team, we have what we call an enrollment session. And those are some of the initial things we talk about, being proactive and, and filling in that gap of what we don't know. 10 different mm-hmm. dentists are going to start in 10 different places. Mm-hmm. So I think the common thing with all of them is they just don't know what they don't know. And that's what we specialize in, and we're the experts in dentistry. So it's a great pairing, the both of us.
0: Yeah. Now, how do you get the team on board with coaching and driving change? Because for us, that's always been the challenge, right? We, we can we can come in, we can drive, we can drive a bunch of marketing, and we tell them as we change the marketing paradigm of the practice you're going to have to answer the phone different. There's going to be more people asking more questions. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be some shift and they all nod and smile and then they answer the phone the same way. But how do you affect change at the team level? And and talk me through how you get the team on board. Well, I
1: think you said a keyword and that's paradigm. Like we have this paradigm. Mm -hmm. And so we want to really broaden that. Um, We can learn skills of the things we do. Like I said, we could set goals. That's the easy part. We have, um, limiting beliefs. We have beliefs. Um, this is where we work on a lot of mindset. Um, how do you think about being proactive when you walk in the door? Who are you showing up? Um, we talk a lot about who they need to be. And so that's a Hmm. big piece that we work on. And that's one of the big major changes with, um, that we bring to the practice. And then we have to work on that, that belief that, "Mm, I don't know, that's what Jennifer said, but I don't think we can, I I don't think we can do it. We've never done it before. So we have to really work on mindset and we have tools that we've used for 35 years. And again, we grow people and we grow them not only in the skills of what they do and how to answer the phone, what they're doing, but who they're being and how Mm -hmm. they're showing up and just expanding that paradigm of what's possible.
0: I know that as a dentist, more patients mean typically more production and more production. If I take home, you know, 25, 30% of my collections, then that's more money for me. So there's a monetary motivation. And and I think there's an inherent motivation to just, you know, people want to grow. How do you keep teams motivated in what might be more work for them?
1: Well, one of the things that we know is that what we create, we embrace. So when Mm -hmm. we Again, when we first meet a doctor, it is a team approach. We meet with the doctor first. Then as we come as a team, it's a team approach. And, and they are part of you know what we call the mastermind table that they get to contribute. And we're moving hmm. them again beyond just the answer the phone and present treatment. We also help them with KPIs. It's great to hit goals and it's great to make more money. But we also have to see the fruit of our labor. And so through accountability, we get to celebrate. And we get to have that accountability, but the celebration, and that's just part of um, what we do with growing them. There's a great book called Well Done from Ken Blanchard, and he talks about Mm. training Shamu. And they said at some point Shamu is not going to jump for bait as they're training Shamu, and it's the same. The team at some point is not going to be excited about a boner so they get tired. And so going back to that um, acknowledgement and celebration and continuing to grow them in their skill set to the next level and bringing communication tools and a lot of the things that we have, but it's, we create a balance. It's a little dance between the culture and the structure that we bring. And when you bring those two together, we want the doctor to have fulfillment, but we want the team to have fulfillment too. And we want them mm. to stay a long time. So, yeah. so the dance between the two of them, the culture and the structure?
0: No, that's very well said. We see on my side that uh, around mid-80s, 82 to 87, de- depending on you know what period you look at, of negative reviews for our offices, our, clin- uh, um, our admin, or just kind of a bad day, there are very, very few clinical things. And if you think about who has the most impact on you know, admin type things and just through the day of a patient, it's the team. And And if you think of that paradigm, that that is very much where the negative or much of the negative sentiment in dentistry comes to is I got surprised by a bill. I I sit down and the hygienist made a joke that I didn't think was funny. I I was told I had a little spot and then you're prepping me for three crowns. Those are the things that are negative intent in the reviews. It's not, you know, Uh someone left a file in a root canal. Uh, Those are, those are fairly rare. And I, I think getting the team on board is such an underrated thing because, but I do think it starts at the top, but if the team's not on board, it's, it's one person against a growing tide of negative events. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And that's creating this unstoppable team that we come in and work with the teams on. The front desk, I can tell you a lot of times in the beginning when I work with the team, they have no idea what technology is in the back. They don't know <laughs> that the doctor does implants. And so creating, again, expanding that paradigm of that phone call connects all the way through, right? There's a little cycle they come all the way around, um, all the way back to the front desk. So again, expanding that paradigm and what's your piece of the team because you're going to hand it off to the next person. So we really work heavily with the team. And a a broader picture of what we do when they come in or how they fit into the practice Mm
0: -hmm. as a whole. Now, when you look back at your career, is there one office Mm -hmm. that like sticks out as your baby, as as the, the one that you really have a high degree of pride on?
1: Well, I have more than one.
0: All right, and it's really
1: when I look back on them, it's again the the doctors that grew the most and grew production, but then also grew the team and growing the team. Some success rates are retention of your staff. We talk about retention Hmm. of patients. So I've had doctors since I've started in two thousand fourteen. I think my biggest pride is they've grown thirty million dollars in collections collectively. Wow. And for each doctor, that was different. But what was common with them is they allowed me to come and be the strategist. So as fortune management coaches, we're their strategists, I think, first. And then we're their advisor and when and we're their executive coach. We're their practice mm-hmm. manage, management specialist. And so what they allow me to be the strategist and take them down this path and diagnose as we go along, their outcomes are all the same. I've had doctors that have have a doctor that had little old house, nicest guy you'll ever meet, about 60-something, about to be on the tail end of his career, and had three three ops and gave his office up as we built and had a fourth op. And he built a ten office, amazingly beautiful office. But the, the two places that he started with and where he's at now is just the result of all the growth along the way. There's so mm. much stuff we do have a doctor that started at. 70,000 purchased a practice and is doing between 450 and 500 a month. We have doctors that are, you know, another doctor purchased. She's got three locations now. So they, um, they're they different, but they're all the same. They allowed fortune in this big company that we have. We have about 100 plus coaches across the nation. An amazing CEO, Bernie Stoltz, that, you know, all the way down. We just have a very abundant team. And if they just allow me, I think that's the biggest prize. Allow hmm. me to be their strategist. They can do all sorts of stuff. Have a doctor last year that grew when he started with me a million dollars in a year, but that didn't happen just from me. It happened through him being a great leader and really taking all the advice that Fortune offers and bringing his team along the way. So it's a combination of things that happened, but the exact same results.
0: Now, is is coachability the biggest predictor of success? in an engagement? Or do you think there are other factors?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, these doctors own their own practices. It takes a lot. It's a lot of work to own your own practice and a lot of effort's been put into it. So it's okay for a doctor to say, mm, I don't know about that for me, if they take the majority of what we bring to them. So coachability, absolutely. Now, it,
0: it, is it just humility? Is it, is there some level of executive function that's required to be coachable? I mean, to you when you say I'm coachable what what does that mean?
1: I think being open to it it all starts in the beginning of where we're meeting and a discovery process of what do you want it? Coaching may not be for everybody, but if someone's looking to grow and we'll discover this in the beginning and they're hungry and they have a passion for what they do, that makes things easier. but coachability hmm. and being Open to someone can guide me along the way, but I still get a voice. What we don't do is come in and tell people what to do. What we come in is ask really good discovery questions and find out what they want, and then we partner with them. We're not business partners. Hold their hand along the way, and we see their blind spots and see what what they don't see. Um, And we're more objective. I don't work in the practice. Our coaches don't work in the practice, so we view it as the benefit to the doctor or to the practice and and connecting and keeping our eye just squarely on their vision, which can change through time <laughs> as they grow. So it's sometimes being connected to their why and their belief system of why they think it can't happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I've certainly evolved through the years. I think when I started the agency, I wanted to be significantly bigger. I wanted, you know, the 20 $30, 40000000 million agency that... Mm-hmm. You know, my friends hadn't. As I've evolved now, I, I, I'm a big believer in the Purple Cow Seth Godin book of once you have a hundred of something, I don't you know, a hundred and one's not gonna fundamentally change my life. And I enjoy working with a lot of the same Didn't say you do. I I want someone driven, I want someone successful, I want I want someone who understands their why and I I I do like working with private doctors uh significantly more and I that gives me satisfaction. During that time, I have had periods of burnout. I have had periods of frustration, and you know, seem to have lost my way. And in dentistry, again, you know, we have you know over a hundred offices that we work with. But so, so we've seen it, right? We've seen the dentists that that go through this burnout. How do you approach burnout in the industry? I don't know if we're talking about it more, or if we're if it's is actually higher. But I would love to hear your views on. Is it actually happening more or are we just more aware and how are you approaching it?
1: Well, I think that's having that close relationship with your, with the the doctor that you're coaching, that doctor owner. What's similar about the dentist and you, Eric, with your marketing company is me is at Fortune Management, we're franchises. And so I'm a business owner too. I own my franchise just like you do Mm -hmm. and the doctors do. We're all different sizes, but it's really being anchored. It truly is being anchored into why you do what you do and knowing what's next, what's the next step. So, I had a lunch this week with um, my, one of my doctors and his wife. And, you know, we are growing these doctors considerably. Our, our benchmark that we begin with is 30%, that we want to grow them, and they get tired. And it is a lot of work. And they're, um, not always pulling the team, but as they grow I mean, they've got to do the dentistry. And so it really is, we met and it went back to the same thing. We anchored back into and restructured his why, because now where he is versus where we started two years ago is exponentially more. We had to get back into his why, but now some of the structural things we're doing as owners for them is a little bit different, but it's the next level. Because as we grow, we don't have experience at that next growth level so what do hmm. we do or how do we handle it or so no matter if it's bringing in more doctors but as we grow we've got to stay right with them and make sure we're on the path to again just fulfillment
0: as you talk about getting back to why you have me contemplating what my why is at the moment mm-hmm. i might have to go through the exercise of uh, seeing what my why is it's so interesting yeah now
1: Well, you know, can I tell you really quick, that's really important that you're saying that, and that's us as business owners, but it's our team too. Mm -hmm. For me, my why is to be really purposeful in my um, success and my experiences and my knowledge and to give it back, to be purposeful in giving it back. And so I get the same way. I get tired and um, I get the same way every business owner or even the people on the team. And I have to anchor back into why do I do what I do? So Knowing that, so if I know I'm really busy, knowing that me being purposeful and fulfillment for me and my why is giving it back, you're going to find that you're not as tired. It will change even just that word. One of the things Mm. we teach a lot is transformational vocabulary. If we're using the words tired and burnout, you're going to feel that. But If we can transform Mm. those words, like I'm moving into my vision, we might need to restructure some things you'd be amazed how much that shifts your mindset. And that goes for the team as well.
0: I see, I see, I see. We've talked about the dentist and being coachable. We've, we've talked about you know, your approach. When you look at the offices that take off, do they have something in common in the team? Is there a strong you know, team leader? Is there a strong you know, culture of the office? Talk me through what tends to separate the, the good from the great in coaching there
1: yeah i I, they're so different they're they're so no they're not the same Mm -hmm. some when they come to work with us they just know they want to get to the next level now some of them come in pain and some of them come with great success stories Mm that they want to get to the next level but they are different some of them have practiced for a long 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 time and they've never ever set goals so they don't know how to get to the next level or how to grow marketing how do we get more people are they, it's not uncommon that we meet teams, they could use a company like yourself, bring in a lot of patients, but they're not paying attention to what's happening to that patient or retention. So they're getting new patients in the front door, patients out the back. So mm-hmm. they are all really completely different.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Similar.
1: similar but.
0: No, yeah. And the team, I'm sure there's some coachability they have there. Now you you talked about new patients coming in, where in your mind is the most common system problems or, or you know, growth opportunities in that patient life cycle in late 2023? And, and has it changed since COVID, you know, as far well, as the think, patient experience?
1: You know, the things that are changed and they're not that new, but um, social proof people want before mm. they ever make a phone call, they're pretty savvy um so they do research before they come in i think the biggest mistake and I, I think you know this as well as i do is not having a plan do we have a new patient call sheet do we really have a plan to get them to come in and keep them all the way around to seeing the doctor do they uh, how do they present um their business do they endorse the doctor do they endorse the hygienist are they asking discovery questions Now I know you record phone calls, which is a great tool to help the team learn. A lot of times you can hear keyboards going in the background and it's data. What's your name, what's your address, what's your phone number, what's your insurance company. And we don't ever get to ask them simple things like, you were looking for a new dentist. So do you mind if I ask you a couple questions? Because we don't do things like most practices do. What was the most important thing you were looking for in your new dentist? And if we can ask discovery questions, if a patient calls in pain, Once you fix that tooth, then what? How do you care for your patients? And how do you give them, most importantly, what it is they want? Because everyone has different wants and needs. And so really having a good plan, and I know that's something that you've worked, and I congratulate you on that. You have a team, and I think you told me they go into the practice and they help onboard the team and and go through this process. And that's incredibly helpful. So having a plan is incredibly important.
0: If I, and I get it, everyone's overworked and we want more. And, and I, I think phone calls overall have risen into the practice is, you know, for, and you would think more texts would happen, but phone calls have increased, you know, for, when they answer the phone, they sound rushed Yes, and, and they are. And they are. I if I just have one magic wand, I agree. I would I'd say just give me your name and why are you calling me and yep. tell me a little bit about, about your situation. Cause I want to make sure we're the right dental home for you. If they just did that, they would crush it. Yeah. And, and then at the end say, Jennifer, I'd like to schedule you uh, for an appointment here. I'm going to need some more information, but instead they're just like, no, we don't take that. Yes. We take that Monday's available. Oh yeah. Uh, it's that lack of like you said, a plan. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. A trend, talking about trends, and this has been around forever, not in dentistry, but not even just in dentistry. But, you know, it, it sounds kind of dumb and a little bit hokey, but it really works when you have a mirror that you have right by that phone and you can look, people can hear what we look like in that mirror if we're smiling or bored or put out or rushed or that mm-hmm, little mm-hmm, mirror mm-hmm. that they look into, um, but they smile.
0: Yeah. Andre and has a really good go story about that. In college, Andre worked for a insurance company okay. and his boss made him stand up. And I think he had to wear a tie, a shirt, you know, like even for the phones. And he had to stand up and he had to be smiling when he called. And uh, it, it was just, yeah, it's been around for a long time, but that's, that's so it impactful. It, it does. It's mm-hmm. Impactful. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now what's next for you? We, I saw you the other day at, at yep. Santosh's event and, you know, I know you're growing and hiring and, and exciting things. Tell me what's next for Jennifer and fortune.
1: Yeah. Exciting things. So I, um, own the North Texas franchise. So at fortune management, when we buy a franchise, we buy counties. So I, my County that I own is Denton, Parker, Wise, Grayson and Cook counties. And it's big. And there's a lot of dentists in there. And I'm only one person. So I'm really excited that I have a new coach with me, um, Cassie Silva. And she spent, I think, 17 years as a dental assistant from a doctor that would have probably worked for Fortune Management. He had coaching the entire time. And so she had the mindset, like, I need to grow and I need to figure out what's next for me. So she became a hygienist. And so she's at that stage again, um, that she's ready to keep growing. And so I'm excited to have another coach, um, which I think is wonderful with clinical background. And so that's where I'm at now and, and what's next and growing it and looking for more dentists that want to grow. They've already grown and they don't know how to get to that next higher level or they're not sure. Owning a practice is not easy at all. So it's just exciting to do and so that's my next is having new doctors that want to grow I, and of course we have other we have other um, coaches here in the DFW area but for me is growing and finding more doctors that that want to grow and they might not even know what that looks like yet mm-hmm. but uh, that's what's next for me
0: is there anything else you want to cover
1: a couple uh, things
0: oh yeah
1: so one of the things that a we have abundant mindsets and we believe in leading with a giving hand because um, some doctors are not really sure how fortune management can help them. So one of the things that we do when we um, first meet a doctor is we do a complimentary analysis for them. And it's a fairly in-depth analysis that we look at their practice and we have a game plan, a good game plan after that. Mm-hmm. So um, we have complimentary practice analysis and, and um, love to meet doctors and find out how we can help them grow, where they've been, where are they now, and where do they want to go? And we want to help them with the plan. We want to help them get there. We also do, it's, we've got three more months till the year's over. And every year we end at Fortune Management with what we call annual planning. And so all of our doctors shut down their offices and they all come together. And so we'll be in South Lake December 8th, and we are going to help doctors create their plan for next year their marketing, their goals? Do they want more providers? Do they have rooms that are plumb, but they don't have chairs yet? Do they need team building? Do they need to grow everything that you could want for the next year? So love to invite people December 8th. Um, they can reach out to me. We'll be at the Mark in Southlake and love to extend that invitation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll put a link to it from the okay. show notes, but I think that's okay. I think that's a wonderful exercise to do I I, absolutely I know that plan if you don't play you know there's a ton of quotes around planning but I think that the act of planning is so important and for me I I like there was a a general that said the plan is nothing but planning is everything and it's one of my favorite quotes because I I oftentimes know the plan is not going to survive you know contact with the enemy if you will something's going Mm -hmm. to happen but by Knowing what I wanted and having clarity in what the plan, the act of planning was and, and where we're going, it allows me to pivot my business when I do face challenges more readily. And I, lo- I love that concept. I'm so glad you told me. I would love to swing by. Well, and uh, Absolutely. And, and...
1: We'd love to have you. Planning and goal setting and getting to the next level, even goal setting seems logical, but it, there's a sophistication to it and there's an art to it. So it is the most important way to start the year. It, we've got three months left this year. So I'm working with all of my teams um, on these last three months, different strategies to end the year with those goals that we set last year to make sure that we reach them. So it's a fun time. And and it's actually um, a fun, it's probably the event that the doctors enjoy the most because they get to see the Fruit of their labor because they were tired mm-hmm. and it was hard and there were challenges in between, but we got to the other side and it is a, it is a happy day and it's fulfillment.
0: That's so great. Jennifer, thank yeah. you so much for yeah. jumping on the show and, thank uh, you for having me. yeah. And you know, I just, I love the accounts that we have together. They, they, Absolutely. Me they always do great. Yeah. Yeah. So Jennifer, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Eric.